Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hope Show. The Mark Hope Show. Filled with wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame, Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. Yeah, baby, let's do it. Woo! <laughs> it's Sunday morning in Vegas. I almost said Friday, Fish. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I've just been sold to the Saudis. <laughs> Was it cheap? No, hell no. Wow. You know, he's getting over overinflated prices, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, get some good contracts. But welcome to the Mark Hoke Show, everybody. I am the aforementioned one. That's right. Your lovable little host. Mark Hoke, thanks for being with us here on... Did you just say little host? Hey, I'm it's tall. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's getting to be a sore subject now. Somebody's got to start dragging me to the gym. It ain't good. But thank you for insulting me on our 100th show right off the bat, Fish. It wasn't an insult. It was merely a question. Yeah, okay. I, all I asked is if you said little. <laughs> yeah. You, you pushed a button. Shame on you. But anyway, the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment on the planet, even though we might get in a fight with somebody about that on the show today. No, we won't. Well, you, you never know. We we would probably lose that tag team match. I think we would. Possibly. Yeah, depends and, on how it's scripted. Andrew Fish Fiend. That's me. That's him. Joe DeFalco will be joining us in the second hour from Future Stars of Wrestling. But we do have a special guest today, too, and I'm very excited to have this guy on. We met uh, last year when they were in town with the Reality of Wrestling Gang, Booker T's promotion there in Houston, did a show here in Las Vegas. And we got to meet the voice of uh, Reality of Wrestling, Brad Gilmore. Of course, they host the show on uh, in Houston and uh, give me one second, and if I wouldn't have closed that window, I could tell you a heck of a lot more about it. Come on, window. There we go, window. Thank you. Uh, 97.5 and 92.5 ESPN Radio, uh, the Hall of Fame show, as Brad and Booker T do their thing down in Houston, which is why I say we would automatically lose that tag team match. Yeah, probably. Fish, Fish you would be worthless. I would be feeding you to Booker T. I, would, I think I'd have to take Brad on. I, 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 you know, I, I could take Vandergriff. I'm not so sure about Booker. No, you can take Vandergriff either. You can, you can take Lord Littlebrook. Maybe. Did you like that? Yeah, nicely, that was a nicely re- done. Really good, really yeah. good pull on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna have Brad on the show, and because there's just so much news. Plus, it's Brad's fault that I got pulled in on the whole thing with the. WWE sale to the Saudis. That sounds like that sounds like a pay per view. Sale to the Saudis. Because uh, I was actually on Twitter uh, while I was producing the uh, SportsX Radio on Tuesday night here on KDWN, and just happened to see Brad say something about the that WWE had supposedly been sold to the. Uh, the Saudis, the PIF, their public investment fund. And I said, Brad, 
you got a story on this? Is this legit? He sent me a story. I read it. Okay, this this is interesting. Happened pretty fast. You know, Vince gets back on the board on you know last week, and all of a sudden, boom, the sale supposedly happened, but it did not. It was a rumor, but a very interesting. But of course, this started a whole chain of events with everybody going in massive freakout mode, as it you know it appeared that this was this may have been confirmed. So of course, Twitter's going crazy. Social media is going crazy. Everybody in WWE is going crazy because of course they aren't too excited about getting sold to the, to the, the Saudis. Saudis. No. As I can imagine why a lot of people would not be happy about that. And then the rumor was obviously the Saudis would take it from a public corporation back to a private corporation. Yeah. And, and, and as it turned out on the story, they, it wasn't sold, but but Vince has been talking to the Saudis. Apparently, those conversations have been going on since July. So even when Vince was out, he was he's been having these discussions, and other discussions have been taking place. Uh, there there was a meeting with uh, with Disney, apparently uh, just just a little while ago. Others have expressed interest. Now, of course, expressing interest. I mean, I could say I express interest in buying WWE too. The most interesting rumor being that the cons have, uh, oh. have expressed interest, which and, is funny because that's basically the reverse of what happened in what two thousand one. Have you have you seen all the graphics and everybody photoshopping and doing their little memes with taking the the raw and um, nitro picture? That of course you all remember that when. When Shane was in Sarasota, Florida, or right, yeah. and and Vince had Vince and Shane had bought you know WWE had bought money, WCW. WCW, and you had the picture of Shane on one side and Vince on the other. Well, now you're seeing you're seeing Vince on one side and Tony and Shad Khan on the other, and it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, but it, of course this drama did not end the because the next day. The billion-dollar princess resigned. Stephanie McMahon not only resigned her role as co-CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment, but she also resigned her position on the WWE Board of Directors. She's gone. Yep. She is eastwise. She is out of there. She's hanging with her brother Shane. (laughs) And... Of course, Vince had just gotten, you know, and and really a ruthless, ruthless retaking of... That's typical McMahon fashion, so I I would expect nothing less. Retaking of the the board of directors in WWE. And uh, and obviously, there's such massive friction between Vince and his kids. And I would imagine Linda, too. I mean, we've heard stories about their marriage and so on. But you know how they should do they, at WrestleMania, they should have a four-way match, and each one of the McMahons be in a corner, and should each have a wrestle. Oh wait, no, never mind. No, <laughs> I think we did that before, didn't we? Yes, we absolutely. No, no. What you should do is you should have them all in a boardroom with a lawyer. Now that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I, 
I think, believe it or not, as much as I'd like to back him, I think Vince is completely in the wrong here. Vince should has, has no business being near this company at all right now. I think this is a, a unbelievable mistake, but I will say this: I, you know, it just occurred to me driving down here today to the Kadon Studios that you know what's how did this affect the stock price? He went up because because you would think with all this chaos going on. And you have Vince McMahon, who, of course, had left the board and left WWE because of all these scandals with sexual harassment and paying out settlements out of company funds, so on and so forth, that the stock would have taken a dive somewhat. No. If if someone had given you a gift at Christmas time of WWE, WWE stock, stock, you're in pretty good shape right now. Guess what? You picked up 23%. Because it is at a near all-time high. I think it was 89.40 about where it closed. And it was sitting just under uh, just under 80 going into the holiday. So you made some coin if you had a bunch of WWE stock. Absolutely incredible. Um, if, if you had bought it in 2019 when it was down around 33 bucks. Wow. <laughs> way to go. Yeah. You're a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see if that continues. Because obviously. The, I think the, it's going to be a, it's going to hit a point of diminishing returns and it's going to come back down to earth. You would think, but. It may not drop all the way back down to 33. No, it's not going. No, no, it will never do that. Should it, would it come back down to the, you know, back in the 80s, you know, the, the, the low 70s? Yeah, I expect, I, 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 say, I expect high 60s, low 70s at yeah, some point. I don't, I, if it gets sold to the Saudis and before they can go private with it, I would expect the stock to drop a lot. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, unless well, no, I guess if it's going to go private, that means they have to buy all the stock out, right? In order to do that, that'll drive the stock price up. Yeah. So it might it might be a good investment to if you believe that the Saudis are going to actually. Well, if you believe anybody's going to buy it, I mean that you would you would really think that you, you have well no. buyers on the board like Comcast. Uh, that are talking about it. And, I, I you know, agree. There's but, all sorts of rumors. But, but. remember, when, when Mc, the McMahons bought WCW, they crushed it. If the cons were the ones to buy WWE, do they crush it and just is, absorb it into All Elite so All Elite just becomes that much bigger? See, I th- I don't think that you would destroy the WWE brand. I think if you if you were telling me which brand am I going to keep alive, you've got to keep WWE alive. You have to. You know, you would just do. You would just merge the two brands and go from there. I mean, I I couldn't imagine. Maybe called AEWWE. No, no, that that's that's crazy. That's too many letters. Yeah, but then you you, you don't want to have a third brand on your on your under your uh, no, banner because you already have Ring of Honor and and AEW. No, you just unify it and you know make it World Wrestling Entertainment and keep it that way. I, I even though even though <laughs> I guess you can't name it WWF again, can't do that. No, unless you bought out the World Wildlife Fund. I still never understood how WWE lost that suit. Yeah, maybe the cons buy out the world because you know they see, apparently can buy anything they want. Well, so. <laughs> they have more money than God. They're 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 doing okay. So yeah, not too shabby. Although I hear AEW is not making money yet. I'm sure they're doing all right. I'm sure they're doing okay. We have a lot of AEW news coming up, too. But we do need to head into a break. 
because we are going to be having Brad Gilmore on. He's going to be joining us for the second hour of the show. No, he's going to be joining us. Or the first hour and the second segment. Thank you. Oh, it's been a long night. So we're excited to have Brad on the show here in just a little bit. So stick around. Our 100th episode of the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. I'm Mark Hoke for Andrew Fish Fane. We will be right back. Tired of the same boring food when you're out for breakfast or lunch? I'm Mark Hoke, and I have an idea for a different place to go with unique food you're sure to enjoy, and that's Unique Eats. Take some time out of your busy day and stop on in to Unique Eats, featuring celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco and his friendly staff. Whether it's a great start to your day with one of Unique Eats' amazing omelets, for lunch with his incredible sandwiches, pasta, and award-winning pizzas, you'll be in for a fantastic dining experience that won't break the bank. Unique Eats also features a smoothie bar and full vegetarian menu as well. Plus, if you need catering, you can count on Unique Eats no matter what the occasion. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Unique Eats at 3100 South Durango, Suite 100, open daily until 3 p.m. Call them at 702-992-3038 or visit UniqueEatsLV.com for their full menu and catering info. Break out of the same old routine and have a great meal at Unique Eats today. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM. We are the talk of Las Vegas. I am Mark Hoke. Andrew Fishvane sitting across from me. That's me. Kind of got a little distance between us. I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable working in the booth. The production booth than being near you. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, because there's fear. Plus, you got a Mountain Dew there too. There's is shit. it is it pitch black? It is not. I'm waiting. That, that that will be coming out shortly. Again. Oh man! And there should be fear because I'm I've been training. Training for what? My match is Vandergriff. Oh. Fish, I could whoop you right now. No, you couldn't get you in a ring. As long as I could get you in the first forty five seconds, I'm a winner. That's a lock. I wouldn't let you get me in the first 45 seconds. Once I lock in the fish hook, you're tapping out. That fish hook is, no one, is ridiculous no one has escaped. No one has escaped the fish hook. That's because you've never gotten anybody in the fish hook. That's beside the point. Beside your wife. We're still married, aren't we? Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, enough of these hijinks and shenanigans going on. And Let, Tom Foolery. Don't forget Tom yes, Foolery. Tom Foolery. He's around, too. Let's uh, get our esteemed guest on the show. He, of course, is the voice of reality of wrestling, that amazing promotion down there in Houston with Booker T. Of course, also doing that Hall of Fame show with Booker T and Brad Gilmore on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 down there in Houston. We welcome the man who got me hooked into this whole Saudi thing. It's his fault. Brad Gilmore. Brad, how are you doing today? Mark, Andrew, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you here, too. You know, we kind of do the same thing. So, you know, we're, we're like brothers in this community. We're kindred spirits. Yes. For sure. We're kindred spirits, for sure, in this pro wrestling world. And if he's the Booker T, that makes us Stevie Ray, by the way. What? If okay. We're, if we're brothers, 
and he's with Booker T. That makes I'm, us Stevie Ray. So I know, doing a horror, horror and heat thing. I would never put myself in a class with Stevie no, Ray. No, yeah, that's right, because you're more like Sister Sherry. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a little more like Baskin Booger right now, but that's <laughs> yes, it's time. Somebody's got to make me a bet or something. I gotta I gotta get some poundage off. But anyway, but Brad, uh, you know, I was telling the story how you know I was on Twitter and you said, hey, you put up something about the the Saudi thing, and I and I bit and looked, and all of a sudden I get pulled into it, and you know, digging around and digging around. And as it turns out, this story was there's a little bit of smoke, but not the fire we had hoped for. But, you know, what was your reaction to seeing what was going on that night with the possible sale of WWE to the Saudi PIF? Well, I will say, as with anything on wrestling, social media, um, I take it with a grain of salt. I did see it, however, from some people whom I you know, put a lot of stock in and trust in and faith in. And so I said, hmm, maybe this is real. And obviously, WWE has that existing relationship with Saudi Arabia doing the, the premium live events over there the last few years. So I thought it sounded reasonable. But the one thing for me was, wait, didn't they just hire J.P. Morgan to like look at potential suitors? And didn't Vince just get back in the company? And does they have to like some? There's got to be some sort of process to, to go through this. It can't be like a in the heat of the night kind of deal. So. I think it was a grain of salt, and as we said, there was a little smoke there. And who knows? Saudi Arabia could very well buy the WWE. I would put them as like the maybe eighth or ninth most likely, but they're on the list. I I was just going to say, if you were to handicap it, who would you think would be the most likely suitor to buy it? Would it be a a company like NBC Universal or, or Fox? Or, I mean, how much credence do you put in the possibility of the cons buying it? I put zero credence into the cons buying it. Um, I mean, I'm sure that they're interested, but everybody's interested. The three of us are interested in buying WWE. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I, I do think what you said, Andrew, is, you know, NBC Universal, if I'm looking at it from a macro level, just makes so much sense for them. One, for the existing television relationship that they've had for decades. Two, they now have the WWE Network on their streaming service of Peacock. It seems like it would be an easier fit then, um, I mean, Fox is there, but I, I see a lot of things about Disney might buy it or Hulu or Netflix and all these people. None of those make much sense to me. Uh, Disney, sure, they're a media conglomerate, and they have a massive market share in the entertainment space. But um, I don't know if WWE really fits in with them so much. Um, and when you look at all the others, to me, NBC Universal, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I would agree that you know Comcast, who you know owns NBC Universal, would right. be the would be the one to go to. But you know the the other side of this whole thing, it's funny when you really start tearing this apart a little bit and thinking about all the moving pieces that WWE has going on. You would lose then lose that Fox deal, and you have to go elsewhere, and that's a that's a huge revenue stream, obviously for WWE to have that Fox deal continue. And I can't imagine that. Comcast would say, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to keep this partnership with Fox. That that wouldn't make sense, but that devalues the company. This thing could end up being a real mess by the time it's all over, I, I think. Well, no no major company that's a billion-dollar company is going to get purchased and it'd be the cleanest of, of, of deals, right? I mean, you can look at recent things like the sale of Twitter, not the smoothest thing in the world, 
or even uh, if you go to Disney, buying Fox, uh, buying Fox Studios. Uh, still not the easiest uh, merger in the, in the history of the world. So I think that if NBC and Comcast, the parent company, if they are really bullish on this and they want to make it happen, look, Fox offers that big network, sure, on network television, but uh, NBC Universal has this little station called NBC. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to make something happen on those Friday nights, which honestly, the only reason WWE ever got that spot is because, and you all know working in, in radio and, and, and entertainment, you know, Friday nights, not typically a highly sought-after time slot. No, I, so I, Fox said, you know, hey, man, we can make something happen. We get WWE on a, on a really less than desirable time slot on our network, but still have their presence as a part of the network. I mean, it was a win-win for them. I could see NBC doing something similar. Yeah, and I agree because, you know, even though SmackDown is one of the top-rated shows on Friday nights, they still pull in, and I can't believe I'm using this term paltry, but a paltry $47,000 a minute per advertise, for advertising revenue, which in that game is not a lot, but you can't, because it's a Friday night, you cannot make a lot of ad revenue, so I don't think it'll break Fox's heart if they lose it because they're not making money on having SmackDown. I, I agreed, and, and, and the thing is, too, I mean, Fox, although a massive network, um, they're still the fourth largest when it comes to the broadcast networks. NBC normally is in that two spot. So your visibility theoretically goes up if you're NBC. And here's the thing, guys. This is why I'm real high on this NBC Universal idea is because maybe we can get Saturday night's main event back yeah. on a regular basis. Yes. You know what I mean? I need the blue bar cage. I was just going to say, I want the blue I steel cage. No. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Light that thing on. Melt that thing down. Oh, oh yeah. I no, hated man. that would cage. You, hey, whoa, whoa. Let me ask you all this. Would you rather have the blue bar cage or the red hell in a cell? I would rather have the red hell in a cell. As long as it doesn't come with the fiend's red lighting, I'd rather have the red hell in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> I would, okay, I can get behind that. Look, I, I remember when the blue cage showed up, and somebody that watched the NWA and, and, and WWF and seeing all those great steel cage matches with the normal steel cage, when that blue cage came out, I was like, Man, you could put your arm through that, your head through the hole. I mean, what the? No. But it was, no. be- but it was better for television because you get a camera closer through the hole of that than you can through the well, chain link fence. Fig- they figured that out. That blue cage is horrible. I'm they sorry. Figure- you know who did a really good job on that was uh, uh, TNA. When they had that six-sided cage, they yeah. had like those little cutout spots just for the cameras on the lower part of the cage. Mm-hmm. I always thought from a production standpoint, that was really smart. Yeah, TNA did, actually did some really interesting I- innovations because I, I was, you know, I, I I don't know if I'd like it all the time, but I think the six sided ring had some merit. I agree. Well, well, the, here's the biggest thing, and, and I, we're getting off a bit on a tangent, but the thing with the six sided ring is, I remember flipping through the channels. I was at my grandmother's house in the summer. Big pro wrestling fan, never heard of TNA, didn't know it existed. Flipping through channels, and I saw Scott Hall in a six sided ring. And I said, what the hell is this? Let me stop and take a look. And it made me stop and watch. And I thought that although uh, if you talk to some of the performers, not their favorite ring to work in, it set Impact Wrestling and TNA apart from everything else. And when they went to the four-sided ring, when Hogan and Bischoff kind of came in and started running the company, it it stripped its identity away. And then it was just another wrestling show. Yeah, very good point. It's always good to be different. Now, sometimes different can be bad. 
Yeah, but, but different. But different is good. Well, you want to be different for a reason. You don't want to be different just for different sake. Right. Yeah. Right. You, right. Yeah. So yeah, the six side rig was interesting. I couldn't imagine working in that. Yeah, you know, just because of the the angles and it would have been a little awkward, but I'm sure the guys got used to it. Well, let me let, let's yeah. go, let's let's bring it back to WWE a little bit because we had we had Stephanie McMahon then resign after all this happened too. So we all got in, inundated with news to say the least. But Stephanie walking out of there and all of a sudden the entire company is in panic. Not just the the talent, but the staff as well. Uh, Brad, you saw when you saw Stephanie stepped away and completely stepped away. What did you think about that one? Well, I will say this: um, Was I surprised? Sure. Was I shocked? No. Um, given where she was about a year ago, um, where she was going to take this leave of absence, and there were some rather unflattering articles that came about her in some of the trade publications uh, and her management style or lack thereof, as far as uh, running the WWE. Um, I wasn't surprised that she stepped away, especially with the return of her father. Um, but I, I, I will say Stephanie, I thought of all the McMahons and this, and this actually includes triple H, I thought had the best vision moving forward for WWE. She seemed to be very forward thinking in the ways that WWE could expand its platform beyond just the entertainment venue and be very philanthropic and help influence some of these young kids in the schools. I, I I'm really a sucker for that because I, I just think that, you know, obviously it's just great to give back and especially to the next generation. And from what we had seen thus far, uh, the company seemed to be thriving under new leadership. And the one thing that you can never discount is there is one natural resource in professional wrestling. And it's the one thing that you always have to make sure is there. And that's the talent. And if the talent is walking on eggshells and they don't like being around the job, if they don't like coming to work, that's not good long-term. That's actually why there was places like AEW who could pop up. But if the talent loves to come to work because they love their boss, that's going to be great for the company in the future. So her stepping away, she was very well liked. I happen to know personally from a lot of people, both uh, behind the scenes and in the ring. So I think the company hurts with her presence not being there. 100%. But do we feel that Vince McMahon is going to come back into the, at some point, the old Vince McMahon role? Or is he going to stay just in the boardroom and let Triple H do what Triple H has been doing, which has been molding the the product of WWE has gotten better. I don't think it's undeniable since Triple H took over. It may not be necessarily where we want it to be or where we hoped it would be, but it's gotten better. Is it going to, do we, do we see that, that trend continuing or does Vince step back in? I will say this. I agree with you. It's gotten better. I don't think it's where we all want it to be. Um, but you know what? You've got to give people the benefit of time. Uh, and I will extend that benefit to Triple H. Vince McMahon is responsible for so many of the things that the three of us and everybody listening loves about professional wrestling. He was an innovator. He was a creative force. And he is responsible, again, for where WWE is right now. However... I do not want him anywhere near a creative meeting ever again. <laughs> and, 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 and it's just because it's just because what is something that he has provided to us in recent years 
uh, where we can give him the confidence of that again. Just because, you know, you were great during your time and had an extended run doesn't mean that you're going to be great forever. And uh, time waits for no man, and Vince McMahon's time creatively has passed. Is he still, up until his retirement last year, an innovator when it comes to the world of business? Absolutely. No, there's been no greater promoter in the history of entertainment, I think, than Vince McMahon. And that goes from sport all the way to P.T. Barnum. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, he rivals P.T. Barnum absolutely. And, and you are 100% correct. And I think it will be best for the company because the problem was when they were, when Vince McMahon was the guy in charge, the company and the, the talent didn't know any different. Now that they've seen it run differently, they see how bad it was under McMahon for them versus how, how it is under Triple H and how much freedom they have. Going back to, to the tyrannical, for lack of a better term, ways of Vince McMahon, I think would destroy the company. Well, here's the thing. For a television show to have a script and for it to be ripped up minutes before going on air Ugh. and for your talent to not know what is going on, I mean, live broadcast that you're getting paid millions of dollars for, that there are millions of people watching, uh, that is not a way to run a business. And, um, I, and those instances of him doing that seem to be more frequent than not. And so, again, that is not good for the long-term success of, of the industry. And here's the thing. He had a certain style and a certain way of doing things that were great for a period of time. But you know what? The Hummer was a great car in its day. But where's the Hummer now? <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't, even have, they don't even make that thing anymore. They're trying to bring it back into the electric. I don't know if that's going to work. But, but my point is, although we liked something for a period and it was good for the industry for a period, doesn't mean it's good for the long term. I think Vince McMahon, if he wants to stay in the boardroom, sure, that's fine. Uh, but let's stay out of the creative meetings. And, of course, uh, we are on the Mark Hoke show, Mark Hoke show here on KDWN, Andrew Fishbane, I'm Mark Oak, and Brad Gilmore from Reality of Wrestling joining us on the show. And, yeah, and Triple H, of course, had to have a meeting with everybody on, on Friday just saying, look, Vince is staying out of creative. As far as I know right now, I'm still there. It could change. And you know, and I, I can only imagine right now what's going through the talent's mind as they're seeing all this chaos happen at the top of the board and so on. And you know, and I and I almost felt like when when Triple H took over that he kind of took the the talent relations advantage back to WWE that I thought had maybe swung to AEW. And now you mm-hmm. kind of wonder if everybody that was sitting around saying, "Well, you know, if I'm not happy in AEW, I can just go back." That now they're saying, eh, "I don't know," kind of have to wait and see on this. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, you even saw Tony Khan at the uh, announcement of Vince McMahon's return saying, man, everyone at work's being so nice to me lately. (laughs) Um, And, you know, which is tongue-in-cheek, but what he said was true. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that there was a collective sigh of relief at Vince McMahon's retirement from the talent relations perspective. And Triple H, here's the thing. I've worked in the office at Reality of Wrestling, you know, helping come up with the show and booking talent, things of this nature. And I'm respected by the talent. Sure. Absolutely. But the talent also will always say, well, you know, Brad, you hadn't been in there and never taken a bump. There's something about one of the boys being in charge 
that the talent respects so much more. And I think Triple H, a guy who's gutted it out um, and been on every position there's, there is in the company, uh, from the main event to WrestleMania to the dark match and the curtain jerking, like he's been all around. And I think that that's why the talent respects him so much is because he is one of them. And honestly, I think Vince McMahon views the talent as the same way a, a five-year-old looks at his toy box. Yeah. Like, These are mine. I can do with them what that, what I want. And if, uh, you know, GI Joe's arm pops off, Oh, well, it's mine. Right. Where Triple H looks at it from a, um, I think a more of a collaborative perspective. Uh, what's interesting is the timing because in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much time before you have one of the best tag teams out there right now available as free agents at FTR. That's in April. And then at the end of this year, 2023, MJF's a free agent. So you have to wonder if there, if anything's going to be settled because if there's a no settlement or in, if it's still up in the air in WWE of it, whether Vince is going to take over or not, there's no chance of either of those guys signing over WWE, I would think, versus – if it's settled and it's Triple H and we, it's running smoothly and this is the way it's going to be, I think there's more of a chance of them taking both the FTR back and stealing MJF. I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. Which is why also, look, Vince McMahon, from the reports you know, out there, he said it. He, I, mean, I mean, they said it, that he is back to oversee the sale of a company. And from a boardroom perspective, I mean, honestly, and this might not be a popular take, but from a boardroom perspective, I think that might be the best for WWE is to have somebody like Vince in there to do the negotiations for a sale of a company. And I also think, and again, people might disagree with me, this is Vince McMahon's baby. I mean, this is something that he brought out of the smoke-filled arenas to a nationwide and now a global audience. And he spent his entire life putting his blood, sweat, and tears into this organization which I actually think is better for him to oversee the sale of a WWE rather than someone like a Nick Khan, who's more of a business, might not have that same attachment to it. I think Vince, to whomever he sells it to, is hopefully, and, and I believe, is going to look for the best interest of WWE long-term and not short-term financial gain. I would agree with you on that, too. Uh, hey, we do have to step back and take a break here real quick because you know, there are bills to pay around this little radio station and on this show and uh do want to remind everybody hey if you want to make some money to pay some bills you can go to our website right now and go to markhokeshow.com and click on that betonline.ag banner and you can bet on wrestling that's right you crazy kids out there you want to bet on the royal rumble and all sorts of uh, other events going on like am i the favorite against vandergriff yet no shut up fish go away you goober <laughs> I think we should put odds on uh, whether I'm going to beat you up sometime, Fish. I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's like a minus 900. But go on, go to MarcoShow.com, click on the banner. That's how we get credit for it. And you can go on BetOnline.ag, and you can get yourself a 50% matching bonus up to $1,000. So if you put in 1000 you get 500 extra bucks. It's pretty awesome. You go to bet on wrestling, sports. You know, the football games are going on. Hopefully you didn't bet on the Chargers in the bad way yesterday or whatever you want. So please check that out and you know, go sign up for betonline.ag today. We would certainly appreciate it. All right, so we're going to step back, take a break. More with Brad Gilmore from Reality of Wrestling. And uh, Fish and I might stay, too. We, we won't turn the show over to Brad quite yet. 
Stick around, everybody. We will be right back on the Mark Oak Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And we are back on The Mark Hoke Show on KDWN. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment in Las Vegas, around the world. And by the way, Brad Gilmore, we have claimed the multiverse as well. I'm sorry. So yeah, we, we, Hey, it's all good. You guys, y'all have it. Yeah. You guys do a pretty darn good show down there in Houston though. You're well, all right. We got Texas. We got Texas and I'm pretty sure that's bigger than the multiverse. That's <laughs> I think Texas is a pretty big state. I, it's very, that. very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. It's very close. Oh man. Well, of course we had, reality wrestling up here in las vegas last year and boy i'd love to have you guys come back we had so much fun with that the last time around and sold the sold the room out it was pretty cool uh how's things going down there for you with reality wrestling man it's great you know uh, we had our first show of the year last night uh it was an incredible crowd i mean packed out and um this is coming up normally our december show is our biggest crowd of the year and actually booker t himself wrestled on that show it's a rare appearance from the Hall of Famer inside the square and circle. But last night was so great. We got such a great roster of guys and girls, a lot of which have gone on to be in AEW and WWE and the like. And, uh, man, I'm just so privileged. This last November, I celebrated 10 years with Reality of Wrestling. Wow. And, um, yeah, I started when I was uh, 19 years of age. And, man, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, both Mark and I saw the reality wrestling show when you guys were here in Vegas and very impressed that the talent you guys have is it, absolutely amazing. And it's so great to see grassroots independent wrestling like that as, as so people can learn and move up to the big leagues. And, it, and it, it's got to fill you with such pride to see your guys wrestling on AEW and WWE and Impact and wherever they are, wherever they, wherever they graduate to. That's got to be a great feeling for, for the job that you guys have done. Yeah, man, you know, it, 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 is really, it is really a great feeling. And I'm sure for some of the leaders of the organization, like Booker T or, or Charmel or, or Director Kevin Bernhardt, it's even more thrilling to see them, uh, for them to see that. But, you know, like when Roxanne Perez made her debut, I remember Roxanne, Roxy, as we called her down here, I remember she came into the gym when she was like 15 or 16 years of age uh, to start training. And now to see her as the woman on NXT television is just so awesome. You know, it really is. I, and I don't know if I can put it in the right words to see how it is. Um, it's, 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 I guess, akin to having a child and seeing them walk across the graduation stage. You know, it's, it's, it is really that feeling. And we do things the right way down at Reality Wrestling. And there's no real right way to do wrestling as long as you do it right. That's actually something Booker T says, and it's funny, but once you understand it, you understand it. Um, But we do things the right way. We are preparing people to be there on television. We have a camera. We have cameras. We have a full crew. We have production meetings. We sit down and we mark down camera angles and what what are the spots going to be we need to be aware of. We have commentary meetings with the talent. What's the story that you're trying to get over? 
you know, what, what body part are you working? What happened to you before? What's something from the past for me to bring up? And we do all of this because it's the best boot camp if you want to be a professional wrestler to learn a WWE or an AEW style because one of the things that most independents don't teach is they, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you got 15 minutes. Go out there and have fun is what most guys are going to tell you. At Reality Wrestling, it's, hey, you got seven minutes. we got to figure out where we're going to take our break spot because we have to put in a commercial here. Make sure you work the hard cam there. Let's have the angles here. I mean, it's really such a small version of what you're going to get to when you go to a WWE or AEW that if you see our guys, and I'll say this, a, uh, a very, I won't say who, <laughs> but a very high-profile name within the WWE organization, almost as high as you can go, says, I can really tell when we see a reality of wrestling person come in for a tryout. And, and that says a lot because yeah. there's so many great trainers. But for people to be like, oh, I know if they're one of books guys or girls just by how they, how they move in the ring, how they carry themselves, um, that's the biggest compliment I, uh, we can be given. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot. And, and, and I can tell you that when you guys were up here, I was incredibly impressed with a lot of the talent, like Mysterious Q is a guy that I I can't wait to yeah. to see him finally break through because that that dude is incredible. I mean, you have a lot of terrific people here, you know. And between you guys and then our you know, our co-host Joe DeFalco from Future Stars of Wrestling, you know, he's cranked out mm-hmm. a bunch of guys lately too. And uh, it's just been fun to see you know both of those promotions doing so well, getting people up to the big leagues and uh, you guys should be really proud of what you've done. And I think, I think it needs to be said that people in the wrestling world, the people who love wrestling have to understand how important reality of wrestling and future stars of wrestling are without companies like that. There is no WWE and AEW. So you guys need to be as commended as anybody because without you guys, there is no wrestling. And I appreciate you saying that, Andrew. And, and here's the thing too is, and of course I'm biased. I'm a homer for reality of wrestling. There's so many great schools out there, and there are. There are a lot of where, places you can go to learn this business. But if you have the opportunity to learn from somebody who's had the world title in the two biggest companies in wrestling history, been in the main events of WrestleMania, gone in the Hall of Fame twice, why you wouldn't want to uh, at least come down here for a few months to soak up as much knowledge as you can you know, would be beyond me. Having somebody like Booker T at your disposal – especially coming up in this industry uh, from all perspectives, because here's the other thing too. Oh, Brent and Brent, I hate to cut you off, but we're, we're going to be headed a break here soon too. Uh, so I'm sorry. I know you're, you're on a roll. Heck, if you want to stick around, roll, you can man. stick around, man. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. You can stay. We'll get you on with Joe and we'll keep rolling. All right. Hey, well, I guess we're going to have Brad Gilmore on for another, at least another segment the next hour. And of course you can follow him at Brad Gilmore on Twitter. Well, of course, you can follow us at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. And, of course, go to MarkHokeShow.com and download this podcast like this one will be out at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So I guess, Fish, we're going to have more of Brad Gilmore. We're going to get Joe DeFalco out here, too. It's the 100th show. Let's just go crazy, kids. Why not? Stick around, everybody. We'll be back for hour number two of The Mark Hoke Show after this break.
Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today and thanks for listening.